0: Choose not to live in a world of filters. Realize your mistakes. Set the foundation for your success. Get some wins. Knucklehead Podcast. Um, well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Knucklehead Podcast. We have with us today, um, Steve, Stephen Kuhn. I always, for some reason, I always want to shorten people's names without asking them. It's It's, for some reason, I do that. People ask That's, me all the time.
1: That, 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 that's an American thing or just, you know, they big S or something, you know, like this, this always an acronym or some kind of, it's just your first initial or SK, you know, that's it's, true. Just, it's, it's like an American
0: thing, I guess. I don't know. I think, I think it might be. I, people ask me all the time. They're like, can I call you Steve? Can I call you Steven? How, how's that work? And I go, well, I, I mean, I've answered to worse uh, than that. But I, 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 typically go, I typically go by Steven. Yeah, I, I appreciate you asking. It's,
1: it's so. funny, because I know people that call that know me for years, and they call me Steven, right? Sure. Which is my name with a V. But when they write it, they spell it pH. Every single time, and yeah. you know, they're like, yeah, like it's like it's in, embedded in their brain. Depending on which country you come from, sure. Stephen with a V doesn't exist in some countries. It's PH, you know. So they, they comment on on things on Facebook or whatever, and, and it's like you're a good friend, and you see my name directly above what you're writing, and you still write PH.
0: You know, it's like what? people are good for that. They it's the details. It's it's the it's the overlooking the details that make it right. so much better. Right. Um, well, we appreciate you. You appreciate you making some time. You're joining us today from across the pond, uh, out there uh, in Europe, and so I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you, you coming on board. What um, help help people understand a little bit? Not necessarily just about what you do day to day, but maybe a little bit about you. Maybe a background, a fun fact, something that uh, something that people don't know about about you, man.
1: Well, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a kid. I grew up in Pennsylvania, you know, what I call Pennsylvania, central Pennsylvania. And, you know, I lived in a different couple of different places among others, a trailer, you know, like a trailer, like a, you know, a mobile home. And that just puts you in a certain demographic. So to say, when you're a kid and you sort of get looked at differently and you get treated differently and you your, your prospects in life seem very limited. So I joined the army <laughs> to get away from that. Sure. And, and the, reason I, the reason I joined the army wasn't really to run away. It was because I knew that I could be something that, that I wanted to be something that I knew I could be, which I couldn't be there. Right. Because it was just so limiting, it was so so much pressure and so much so much so many borders and walls and 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 bridges that were cut off for me. So I decided to join the military and become who I thought I could be, and that's what I did. And I got stationed in Europe. Um, back in 1986, while the wall was still up, I did border patrol. I saw the Russians across the way. You know the whole Gorbachev thing. I lived through the whole Gorbachev thing, the falling of the Berlin Wall. I was stationed in Berlin. Then I got out of the army and stayed in Berlin as a civilian and watched wow. it get rebuilt. Yeah, yeah, I watched it get rebuilt. Uh, took part in the uh, techno um, uh, renaissance where we started. Uh, one of the first guys that had part ownership in a in a techno club in Berlin, which, which was underground and. Um, and that's where the love parade, if you ever heard of it, it's a million person parade that goes through uh, Berlin every year until recently. Um, techno and, you know, it's just this whole house music thing started in Berlin from a very small, about 3000 people. And I was one of those people. And now it's worldwide. Uh, and it's just, it's a couple of the goofy things I did. I, wow. you know, Prince and Madonna came into our club and, you know, uh, I, when I was in Berlin, this I was in, was, the, this was in the late
0: 80s or the early nineties when those guys came
1: on. Exactly. Early nineties. Yeah. Early 90s. Wow. And because uh, I was a, still in the hiding there, my goodness, oh, it was amazing! It was amazing! It was amazing! You know, and then and I even and then after that, in 1996, when the um, first MTV Music Awards came to Europe, uh-huh. at the time back when when MTV actually played music, um, <laughs> they uh, they came to Europe. And they had the first music, MTV Music Awards, and I was working for the Hard Rock Cafe as a doorman, and I took over security for the entire uh, for the entire location. And it was funny because it was it, right at the Brandenburg Gate, which is that big gate that used to be the middle of East and West Germany in right. Berlin and it was completely surrounded by a fence and inside were containers which every single singer was living in so you had Tom Jones you had Bjork you had Jean Poquetier you had Steven Tyler they were all there in these containers like one grenade they'd all been gone you know? um, that's <laughs> you know? safe yeah I know and I'm thinking like wow so I was head of security there and I just walked through the containers and met them all you know hey how's it going Tom I hung out with Tom you know Tom Jones and stuff like that and you too, and The Edge and Bono and all this kind of stuff and it was just, this, it was a time in my life where I, you know, was just going for it. Absolutely. And then I, you know, I ended up then being Mick Jagger's bodyguard. And then I, after that, I started working for, uh, for Olivia Newton-John and I helped her, you know, expand her, her, uh, her company into seven different countries. And, you know, just recently I, I ended my contract with Andrea Bocelli, the, the blind opera singer or the blind Absolutely. tenor. In between that, you know, I went to a monastery in, in, in Austria um, to sort of check out of reality. And I spent like six months there and then moved up to the mountains under the snow caps in Austria and just sort of disappeared.
0: When, when, so you just said that. So you went to the, the monastery. Was it at one of those things where you were quiet the whole time? I mean, forgive my ignorance here, but what, what no. was that? Oh, okay.
1: You there just, was no plan. There was no plan. I just, you know, I was at a point where I was, um, I, I crashed and burned I lost everything including my 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 career that i had at the time and then i had you know a bunch of problems and relationship problems and all this kind of stuff so i called my buddy and i said look if you don't come get me i'm um i'm not going to be here tomorrow Oh wow! so yeah so he basically said okay yeah and sent me a, um, a plane ticket and, and i ended up in austria He you know picked me up and dropped me off there you know Wow. And yeah, and so it was it was quite it was quite quite the trip. And then I I went there and found out who I was, what I was about and why and doing what I was doing and sort of a lot of motivations that I had inside of me. Yeah. Well
0: okay, so that's that's a that's an area where I think that we can we can talk a little bit about if it's okay with you just to the the willingness to put yourself out there. I like how you you phrased that whenever you had uh, whenever you were out of the military and Realize, so I had a guest on my podcast at one point in time. We talk about that as framework, right? So the framework and the stability that the military provides us, and the kind of the the frequency or the rhythm that we get into our operational, uh, you know, kind of our daily work pattern, so to speak. And then when you leave and you don't have that support that's there, and you're out of the military, putting yourself out there is a very hard thing to do for some folks. Uh, but you didn't have that problem. Um, you, you felt no, like I did.
1: I did, but I but I faced. Faith- I did but I faced it and I and I had that of course I had that problem I had the problem of um, I had the problem of how do I say it um, identity you know because in the military everything you are you wear on your on your chest or on your shoulder right right that's
0: exactly and, and,
1: and then suddenly you're standing at the door of the Hard Rock Cafe and some 14 year old kid tells you to you know hey loser get a real job you know and I just got back from a war and there's some kid telling me to calling me a loser you know and that was tough man that was really tough I'm so sure. uh. I, the more, like, so I didn't know it at the time, but um, I always saw fear as like a bridge, right? A, a bridge to the other side. So the more fear I had, the more I knew I was growing, that it was, it was like a, huh. I was yeah. forcing myself to grow. So when I, when I felt fear, I'm like, in, go, fool, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Like kind of,
0: Absolutely. You know, so. Sorry. Oh, you're good, man. You're good, yeah, my son. Hey, what's up, man? How are you? <laughs>
1: Welcome I, to
0: the show. <laughs> <Max>.
1: <laughs> His name is Max? Maximilian. Yeah. Maximilian. See, I just shortened it. See that,
0: huh? I shortened yeah. it. It's an American thing. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how we do that. That's awesome, man. Yeah. yeah. Max, it's nice to meet you, buddy. Yeah, nice to I've meet got you the same name. I got the same name as your dad. I just I just spell it wrong, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny.
1: Uh, all right, now my daughter has to say goodnight. Good, oh, you. You. good night. Oh, she's adorable. <laughs> It's
0: awesome. <laughs> <Love> you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. No, Perfect you're fine. Time. That is, that's yeah. awesome. That's, yeah. Yeah. that's what life is about right there. Indeed. Bye bye. That's it. That's Indeed. incredible man. Um Well, the, the willingness to put yourself out there and grow your, your context. I've heard it said before. I've heard it said that yeah. as you, as you go out there and you have those sweaty palm moments, that's, that's kind of what I call them. It, right. There's a, there's a, there's an embracing of kind of that worst case scenario. Did you, did you go through that process or did you just say, you know what, I don't care what the worst case scenario is. I'm just going to go put myself out there. And then over time you matured that process or, or how did you reflect and get better or, or did you? Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, you're right. Did I, you know, good question. I, I I try not to think of the consequences when I put myself out there in the fear factor. huh Because that's thinking the consequences also can limit you because how how do you set an expectation for something you don't know anything about yet? So rather than try to guess and and, and limit myself, I would just say I'm going full in and then I'm, I'm going to take it as it comes. And that's basically how I learned to live in the moment. That's also how I learned to live without expectations uh, and, and without bowing to others' expectations, which makes it sort of difficult um, for having a normal job, if you know what I mean. Sure. Uh, because uh, uh, many bosses, I don't want to say leaders because those kind of people usually aren't leaders, but those people that run companies or th- people that sort of dictate what others should do, uh, they mix up what an order is and what actually leadership is. So, um, I you know, I don't like, you can have an intention for me, or I can have an intention, but the expectation that you may have, if you're not verbalizing it to me and I don't know what it is, then you're going to be disappointed no matter what I do. And the same thing goes for me. So I always tried to let go of all that, especially when I dove into those moments, those sweaty palm moments. I just dove in and I was like, the sweatier the better. And Absolutely. I, yeah, and I would like move to a country like that. Like yeah. I was in Germany doing well, everything's cool, and I got a call from a company and they said, hey, we need you in Budapest, would you be willing to go? And I was like, sure moved the next day it was like boop, gone you know just like that no big deal yeah didn't know the language didn't know anything about it boop, gone the next day so yeah it's wow. uh, i love it i love
0: it <laughs> you know it's interesting um that the same gentleman who i was talking that about the framework conversation a lot of as you're as you're talking reminds me of uh he said he was he was he would fly from you know here to brazil to go find somebody to challenge to beat him in, in jiu jitsu like he would he was going all over the world to try to find somebody who would beat him or challenge him um and having somebody that does that versus somebody that lives in the moment both equal or excuse me the, the results of those activities they're very very similar you can you can live in the moment and find yourself wildly successful or you can find people to challenge you all the time and you find yourself wildly successful as well uh, How did you find out that that was how you were? Did you, did you have to crash and and burn before you realized it? Or did you, did you, did you say, you know what? I'm just going to challenge myself because I don't need other people to do that. I think I'm just going to discipline myself to do that.
1: Well, I think, you know, if, if we're going to be open and honest about this, I think it comes from my childhood where, you know, my my mother was married a few times, so we were always vying for attention and for love. And I think that always trying to prove myself, uh, you know, I, I had a twin brother and one year older sister. So it was a competition between the three of us. And then, you know, the, the husband or the stepfather and so I guess we were you know I figured out in later years that work my, my brother's exactly the same my twin brother and we were always vying for attention so I think that made it obvious to us that we need to be better than everybody else um but not for the sake of being better but for the sake of being noticed so it wasn't like a selfish thing you know right. and and so when I went into business I whatever I did I was always I always stuck out even in the military you know, I always stuck out I always um I always did unique things and I had a unique view and a special way to talk about things or to explain things that people would just they'd be they would just be intrigued and I got the best jobs I got the best opportunities I had the the most amazing experiences in the military and after and I like all these things I told you in 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 quick form that's just the tip of the iceberg and it happens to me almost every day like I'm I'm so blessed at the way that I am allowed or privileged to think that i sort of see something good in everything and everyone and it sort of, sort of sounds sort of, sort of flaky i mean i'm a big guy i'm 6'4 280 oh, wow. and you know i train i train every day and i'm pretty buff you know so but i'm not some you know and i'm talking like some softy i guess you could say here but for me there's no definition of there's no one definition that fits me so you know i just am how i am and i'm i try to be authentic by being honest and and transparent with everything that i do and so this way no one can have anything on me i have nothing on anybody they don't care about me i don't care about them my you know as long as my intentions are clear and as long as my my you know my way is pure then everything's cool so yeah it's i don't know if i I found out that i was like that or how i did or if i ever internalized it or thought about it i just know that when i went to places and i got stuck and i felt like i wasn't growing anymore then i knew it was time to leave or to change or like when i was in military you know i was in iraq i was in iraq and i saw some things there and i suddenly said i'm done i've reached my glass ceiling here i will never be able to expand as a human being if i stay here it's time
0: to leave Absolutely. Absolutely. So there's, there comes, there comes that point where um, you know, you can be that for, for other people because there's other people out there who are uh, quite frankly, they're going through exactly. So in that moment that you're, that you found out that you've hit your grass ceil- or glass ceiling um, there's somebody who's going through that right now, right? There's right. somebody who's in that moment. How do you, how do you work with um, those folks as a mentor? And I'm just assuming that you are, because of some other people that have that have uh, that have talked very highly about you some people that we've had on the podcast and you know I've, i I tune into a few of your your Facebook lives videos I can't check uh, check them out all the time it seems like you and the guys are always on there which is great however I can't catch them all the time um, and so how do you how do you work with those guys that are in that moment or those folks doesn't necessarily have to be just a guy but how do you work with them in their moment to help them uh, I guess uh, go through that process
1: well, it's, I'm, I'm a consultant with a with coaching aspect, and mentoring is, is above all of that. So it's like one big conglomerate kind of thing. And what I, the way I, w- I work with them is the first thing you got to do is you got to identify what they truly and really are and what. Yeah. And quite often when someone calls me or someone asks me for, for help, it's about something that they think is a problem but really isn't the motivator or the problem. So we got to dig deep and find the pain and it's not that difficult. It takes one call typically. Uh, and then we find a way and then we set our, you know, set our intentions and then we move forward. It's, it's quite simple. And, and I, I have a good way of talking to people. I, I can build trust fairly easy uh, because I share open and honestly and transparently uh, uh, who and what I am and my, my struggles. So it makes yeah. people comfortable enough to share with me. And then we hash it out and move forward. It's, it's, um, it's something, especially, uh, you know, the, like I have a client right now and uh, quite a few, but one of them, uh, spoke to me yesterday. I had an, an unscheduled session and he said, you know, we're doing great. I'm making more money and the company's growing and stuff. But the one thing I really noticed is the way that people react to me now and the way that I am to them. I'm not asking anymore. I'm giving constantly. He said, you make me think, you make me want to be a better person. You make me the way that I do my business and the way that I talk to people, it makes me want to be better. And he said everyone is so like thankful to me. I feel fantastic. And this isn't a conscious thing. That, okay. Now we're going to talk about being a better person. You know, it's just, it's a complete operational change or an operational adjustment to what I call hit honesty, integrity, transparency. So that's, that's mm-hmm. the three core principles that I live by. If I'm honest in everything that I do with myself and with those around me and transparent about why I do these things, the the byproduct of that is integrity. Integrity makes me authentic, authentic, authenticity can dictate my market value. And then of course, when am I, when I can dictate my market value, because I'm authentic, I don't need expectations. I can use my intuition. I can make the decisions that fit right for all those around me. And in what I call also, you know, this life enterprise that we live. Our life is all together. So we live in the life enterprise. And this life enterprise, in, I enrich all the stakeholders in that enterprise, which is anybody I meet, by being good to them, elevating them, making them feel fantastic. And what's better than, you know, what's better for you as a, as a human being than helping others feel great about themselves. Very little. Yeah. Very and it sounds, little is, yeah. it sounds esoteric and it sounds he-ho-ho, ho, but it's what I, this is how I work with my clients. This is exactly how I work with my clients. And we do it on a business level. So we're growing the business. We're making the money. I have what they call immediate impact consulting. So I, I go in and I find immediate revenue. Immediate revenue. So right. that you can relax and not stress about the money and we can look at scaling and growth in a more, let's say, you know, level-headed manner.
0: Absolutely. Well, those no. growth principles typically, you know, what you see in that scenario is people who have their core values identified. It was interesting. You mentioned that. I was I was talking with a client yesterday and they didn't it wasn't clear, it wasn't clear to them as to why uh, values were were important. It wasn't it wasn't clear to them as to why they needed to actually creatively display these values, right? And I, I just pointed to the wall because the business that we were in actually had their core values listed up on the wall. And I said, the customers walk right by them. The, the managers can manage the employees. The leaders of the business can communicate what those values are. And it's right there and it's not confusing. And that's why. Yeah. If you don't have them there, it's. Yeah. Well, you know, and also for,
1: for a human being, you, you need to have some kind of guiding principles, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. some people use religion, you know, it's for that for, as guiding principles. You know, as it, it's, it's sort of hard to be like a tree without a, you know, it's like having it, it's like being a tree without a trunk. You know, it's like sort of a bunch of branches sort of hanging there in the wind. You know, it's like you need to have that, that structure, some kind of structure of who you are and what you are. Right. And that's what core principles are for me, anyway. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, and, and, and I know that when I speak to somebody, and no matter what the situation is, if they're attacking me or, or uh, you know, I'm in, I'm in defense or if it's good, if it's bad, if it's love, it's just not, whatever it is, I know that I have those three things I can fall back on. If I'm honest about every situation, and I'm transparent about why I'm doing it, you can't do it. You can't have anything on you can't. I can stand naked on a stage in front of a million people and no one have anything on me because I've, I've either declared everything or I've been transparent and honest about everything I've ever done. So you can, you can come at me, you can attack me and it happens occasionally. And, and I'm just like, Hey man, I feel so, I feel bad. You gotta be wasting your energy because nothing's going to (laughs) happen.
0: That's that's true. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and the, the, the overall message of, of, uh, you know what knucklehead podcast is is exactly what it is that you're talking about that the, don't be beta about the process knowing that you know your worst case scenario could uh, it could and it probably will happen and and that's okay that, that you don't have to go in there with the expectation that that's going to take place but just if you go in there embracing that everything's going to be okay anyway just don't be beta about it just go through and be alpha about not omega but alpha just lead yourself. And in time, what will happen is you'll end up leading others as well, in time, if you do it well. I,
1: most of the time, it's funny. Uh, we try to control everything. We try to, you know, guide everything, plan everything, shoot, aim, you know. And in the end, the most powerful sort of maneuver that anyone can do is let go. That's, you know. That's, you know? Absolutely, that's absolutely true. <laughs> just take of all the strings, man, and just let it go you know, and then just, uh, just, just embrace it. And you said it, embrace it. It's funny. You said that, it it came into my head. Um, I've been doing um, ayahuasca ceremonies for about 10 years. And ayahuasca is the mother plant in the Amazon. It's a medicinal plant that the the Shipibo Indians among others use to um, uh, take spiritual journeys, sort of like peyote for the American Indians. And uh, yes, so it's called the mother plant because it's the feminine energy of the Amazon. And then I also work with San Pedro, that's the cactus, which is a, the masculine energy, wow. and it's, it gives you like sort of a yin and yang. And the, what you do in ayahuasca is you embrace whatever comes. And all, quite often you you die in these in these ceremonies because a part of you, uh, bad energy, the past, um, you know, other lives or whatever, dies, and you have to sacrifice that. And if you fight it, it's painful. It's it's terror. It's sort of you know really scary. Uh, but if you embrace it, the most beautiful things happen. So. When you said embrace it, it, it reminded me of that. And that's exactly how, you know, I live life. You know, I was homeless in, in Berlin in 2008. Homeless. I lived in a smart car, you know, which if you can imagine at my size was really difficult. And I, I think I called every ex-girlfriend I ever had just so I got a place to sleep every once in a while, you know. And, and I lived on, uh, what was it, $15, 11 euros, about $15 a week. Is all I had to eat. I had three pieces of bread a day with three pieces of cheese. That was it. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I drank tap water. Yeah, that was it, man. And I did It was about six months. It wasn't long. It could, it could have only been four months, but I extended it because it was something that I was going through that I really, um, at first I panicked. And then I got to the point, I got to the point, I was with a buddy and he said, man, wait, wait, what's going to happen? What's the worst that can happen? As long as you keep your mind straight, right? they you know, you, okay, you owe money, you owe, you owe rent. I had credit cards, I had, you know, all like the typical high, high rolling sort of bills that I had. And he's like, What are they going to do? Put you in jail? No, you don't have anything to take anymore. So just relax. And I was like, You're right, man. So I started to relax, and life was beautiful. Life was beautiful. I lived in my car, <laughs> I got to go where I wanted when I wanted. Very you simple. Know? And, and I got to visit friends. People cared for me who, who were actually friends. I got to find out who really is a friend and who isn't. Yeah. Um, and then instead of going back into the full force directly, I decided to go back into the club scene where I had come from uh, years before in Berlin. And I decided to do something different. And I said, well, I want to write another book. So, you know, I had a book uh, out at the time. Was a, and, and that was a funny thing. I was a bestseller. I did my MBA in the UK from an elite, elite business school. I was a director of Europe and then kind of sudden suddenly I'm, I'm homeless and I live on the streets. And uh, so I decided, yeah, humbling, it was humbling. And, but, but I embraced it, I loved it. I completely embraced it, it was amazing. Yeah. And, then I got, and then I know it's some, some, some people could hate me for that, but it, it just was, you know. And so I went back into the club scene, but this time as what they call a zelektur. So I stood in my suit and tie at the front of the club with the doorman as the greeter. And I would say hello, welcome to the you know club, Maxine. Thank you very much for coming. Fantastic, You're great tonight. Well, like I'd sing Elvis songs, and I'd be—I I'd be, it was like this in the middle of Berlin. And it didn't take but two weeks, and TV was there, and then the news came, and then the newspapers and things. And like, why is this American best-selling author, TV host, MBA, business director standing at the door of a club? Right, <laughs> of right. Of course, yeah. That's yeah, a natural question to yeah. What in the heck is your problem? And this is where it all came down. This is where the moment of truth came to me. I'm standing there one night loving what I'm doing, not caring if it fit to what I did before because the past is the past. And this woman came up to me who I knew from when I was a big big cheese, you know? And she's like, oh, Stephen, how you doing? And I'm like, hey, come on in. She's like, what, do you work here? I'm like, oh, yeah. she's like are, are you a doorman? Like covering her face like, are you, Steve, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? What are you crazy? You know, like that. And I said, no, you're crazy. You can go home now. <laughs> You know, she was embarrassed to see me there in that position. First she liked, she's, oh my God, Steve, how you doing? Haven't seen you in a while. And then she realized I worked there. Suddenly her complete demeanor changed. And she was like, oh my God, how can you stand here like this? This is embarrassing. And to me, that showed me one thing, that it, no matter what I do, if I embrace it, like you said, if I embrace what it is, no matter what it is, and I am the best that I can be, then there is no measurement. There is no measurement. I am just, I just am. And, and it was, it was invigorating because I thought, and here I stand, a doorman, you know, basically a glorified doorman at okay. a, some club, random club in Berlin, talking to people who knew me as a director or whatever, you know, a TV guy. And I'm not embarrassed, you know, wow. not embarrassed at all. I loved it. it. It reminded me of the story that I heard of a, of a banker, a CEO who lost his job. He couldn't get a job back. So he went to be a caddy at a golf course. And everybody said, are you nuts? He said, no, that's where I, I'm going to meet all the other CEOs. And guess what? He had a job within two months.
0: You know, that's exactly right. I mean, you've you got know. to go. So that willingness to, honestly, I mean, I I admire that. That's a, that's, that's a, that's, a, that's a, a gift to be able to actually be humbled and then rebuild literally from scratch like that. It's a, you just, you took me back a little bit to some of the failures that I've had uh, in our business. And it's, it's humbling. It's humbling whenever you have a, a, a family and um, yep. you fail forward. It doesn't feel like you're failing forward at the time. It's just, you're just failing or you're, you're getting feedback. I've heard it classified that way a couple of times before. <laughs> so um, that's great, man. So I, 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 I sit here, I, I can sit here and talk to you for probably another 20 minutes, but I'm not going to one because we <laughs> want to be disciplined about, uh, okay. we want to be disciplined about, um, you know, people's attention span. I'm I'm, I fall yes. into the category of a millennial, so we want to try to keep this as concise as we possibly can. We want to get a message out there to help people. Uh, hey, listen, we just want to encourage you, and we want to bring you stories like this. And so this is this is great. And it sounds like we could probably talk about a few other things, but we'll, we'll I think that. so. We'll, yep. do that. we'll do that another time. Um, so with that being said, let's let's put a bow on this one. Anything else that you want to? That you want to encourage uh, somebody who's who's maybe in the midst of that moment, um, and they're about ready to, you know, they're about ready to do something that's that's they're just they're just hanging on. What what would be one thing that you would you would encourage them to do, and to keep focused on um, as they uh, as they find themselves getting out of that mess?
1: Well, one one thing that I always say to anybody is is whether you're in trouble or you want to move to the next level or you need some support the easiest thing to do is ask for, ask for it. You know, it's, it's such, don't let pride get in your way to ask for help, ask for assistance, ask for, you know, ask for mentorship, ask for consulting, ask, just ask. And even if you say, like I always say to people, if you see someone that's in a position that you want to be in, don't try to learn how to get there. Go ask them what collapse time is what I would say collapse time Ask yeah. someone who's been there can get you there and half the time you can do it in yourself or even even faster so yeah if you're in a position don't be scared to ask the first thing I always get is this so I you know I'm in I'm in a different a bunch of different groups I'm very active with the veterans and uh, being a veteran myself and I get the same thing all the time Steve I'm in trouble I need this this, and that but I don't have any money like the first thing they say is I don't have any money as if that's their qualifier you know and, and it's it's a shame that that's that limiting belief that you're talking about. they they qualifying themselves as broken because they're broke. And there's a difference.
0: <laughs> there Big is a huge difference. Yes.
1: Yeah, so ask for help. That's all I'm saying. Just ask for help. Ask for assistance. Ask for
0: mentorship. Ask for consulting. Asking You'll be surprised who will reach out to you. That's incredible. Well, there you go, guys. Um, can't be beta about that process. And you can't be beta about asking. You You will right. find yourself shrinking back into the darkness uh, every single time if you're not willing to go out there and do that. So I appreciate you. I appreciate you taking some time uh, to talk with us. I know it's Friday night there. Kids just are in bed. So you gotta go chase the, the lady around the house. I don't understand how that works. <laughs> so, that's awesome, man. The man knows his business. <laughs> uh, I, 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 appreciate, uh, I appreciate you taking some time. I'm glad that we connected. Uh, so with that, guys, we will uh, we will talk with you soon.